what's up everybody welcome to joseph's podcast and this is sundays with matt let's get rolling What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about commitment. Commitment. So essentially, commitment in the sense of, say you are a, you are someone, doesn't matter, boy or girl, and you feel the call of God to a higher calling, to something more, right? <clears throat> so how do you commit to the will of God and the call of God in your life? Committing to your commitment. Committing to your commitment. Essentially, your life commitment. Yeah, yeah, um, No, I, I know what you mean. I was just making a joke there. Sorry. <laughs> Joseph always has the one-liners. He's got to add in there. <laughs> I'm not as funny as I think I am, and I know that. So my wife tells me I'm not funny all the time. So <laughs> Yeah, but say again, say you're someone that feels a call, and you don't know, obviously, like you might have talked to your pastor and stuff like that, but you feel like you may be alone. Or do you feel like you don't really know what to do? This may be for you. Yeah, so what's up, man? So you, you're talking about taking yourself serious in the sense of now that you're committed to the will of God, the work of God, how do you carry yourself in that commitment? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's a good topic because whenever people just start out, a lot of times they don't know what to do. And they're just like, well, what in the world? Like, okay, I have this call of God. I know what I'm supposed to do, you know, but now what? Well, let me ask you a question. Um, how do you how do you process once you've accepted that you're committed to the work of God and the will of God, how do you process life after that? Like what is your priorities moving forward once you're committed to the work of God? That's a real question for you, Matthew. It's a real question. So in committing to the will of God, whenever, let's say, I, I felt the call of God confirmed and, you know, talked to my leadership, all the whole nine yards, et cetera, et cetera, what really transformed for me was my priorities, where I was spending my time, where I still spend my time, the things that I invest in, the things that I give myself to, uh, the relationships, not even talking about uh, romantically, but relationships in terms of friendships, in terms of mentorships, mentoree, and things like that, and ultimately just putting the things of the kingdom first. That's the priority, first and foremost, before anything. So you have to have a priority change um, because you can, again, you can, grow, you can grow up in a church pew, you can live your life you know, faithful to the house of God growing up or whatever. But whenever the call of God hits you and you accept the call of God and you're in pursuit of the will of God and the call of God in your life, it has to be a priority change. Absolutely. And I think that to me, taking yourself more serious in ministry comes down to priorities. I remember uh, a pastor one time, he, he kind of got on to me, was like, hey, look, um, you need to get a little more serious about your ministry. And I thought, well, I thought I was getting more serious about my ministry. And um, I, I think that at the time, in my mind, I thought, well, if I'm, I'm serious about my ministry, that means I'm praying all the time. 
I'm studying all the time. I'm going to every conference that's out there. And that's me taking my ministry serious. But what he was really trying to convey to me was priorities, right? As a, as a young minister, you have to look at what are my priorities. Your number one priority as a young minister is to take care of all of your obligations and responsibilities as a young lady or young man. And what are those responsibilities and obligations or what do they look like? Are you in school? That's a responsibility and obligation that must come first. And a lot of times we confuse it because we think, oh, well, you know, I'm in school, so how do I balance ministry and school? Or how do I balance ministry and work? And I should be doing more for God. And it's like, and I tell Matthew smiling at me because <laughs> I tell him this all the time. Your education, your career is not separate from your call. Absolutely. It's only separate when you make it separate from your call. Absolutely. And so you have to allow God to use that career or that education to be a door opener for your ministry. What I mean by door opener, I mean, and I, and I tell Matthew this all the time, you don't want to be so dependent upon, uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to go out and preach because I know that they pay preachers. And then you're 100% dependent on what they're giving you or what they're providing for you. Yeah. And you really don't, I don't, I don't really believe that's, and look, the ministry of evangelism and evangelizing is uh it's it's such a specific call. We're all called to evangelize, mm-hmm. but we're not all called to travel and preach as an evangelist. As an evangelist. And there God could give you the opportunity to do that. And he this is what happened to me. This was my experience. I don't know what's happening, man. Every time. Every time. God said no. <laughs> God said no. The, there's a there's a short and one of our wires and that's that noise that you hear is that short so it's actually the devil it's it's the enemy <laughs> trying to confuse you and tell you that you shouldn't be listening to this podcast but the devil is a liar <laughs> so anyways back to what i was saying in my experience in my walk in my journey as a young minister god gave me the opportunity to evangelize and preach and travel and preach. What happened with me was I did not learn how to live within my means. Now, this goes back to priorities. As a young minister, what are your priorities? Your priorities are your responsibilities. Do you have any debt? You're obligated to pay that debt. Biblically, you must pay that debt, scripturally. So if you're living under debt, your priority isn't to go out and preach at all these churches. Your priority is to find a way to get rid of that debt so that you don't have that hanging over your neck every time you try to go out and minister. If there was an opportunity for you to leave where you are and go spend some time under a minister or ministry, would you have cash in hand to be able to go do that? Or would you need to ask somebody for money? Right. So these are just practical things that you can sort of start processing. And I tell Matt this all the time is, you know, hey, look. If if the door is going to open, number one, it's going to open in its own time. But you have to be prepared for when that door opens. See, the door opened for me, but I wasn't prepared. I, was, I wasn't prepared financially. I wasn't prepared mentally. And the door opened, and I ran through it, and I was traveling, preaching, traveling, preaching. 
but because I never learned to live within my means, I was wanting to preach every weekend because I was living off of what they were giving me yeah. every weekend. You had to preach. I had to preach. Yeah. But if I had learned to live within my means, I could have gone preaching once a month, traveling, preaching once a month, and I could have done that for years, and, and I could have survived and because I didn't have any debt. My car was paid off. I didn't live, um, you know, I didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. I No mortgage, no rent, no debt. I had the perfect opportunity to continue to travel and preach. I just never got a hold of that idea or that principle, rather, of living within my means. I always wanted the latest and, and the cleanest suit and tie, and I wanted to be fly, and I wanted to go to every conference. Hey, when you're an evangelist, bro, you got to look at what's in the budget. And if it's not in the budget for you to go or for you to do, you just got to, you know, wait until the next door opens. And sometimes that's what being an evangelist is, is living by faith. And it's not living by risk. It's living by faith. And so that's kind of my take. But um, I don't know where Brother Matthew may have some more he wants to share. So I, this is, uh, he mentioned what he tells me, and this is kind of, Here's my story. This is, I guess, why he tells me this. So I am, I start actually my senior year of college, Tuesday, the 18th, and I'm going to graduate with my BSN, which is Bachelor's in Science and Nursing. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but if you haven't <clears throat> listened, then here's the spill. So I start the spring semester, I have summer, and then I'm done. I have my BSN, and I'll have that for the rest of my life. So I there was a time and point where I felt bad for uh, like a, a continuing my education, I felt guilty. I was like, because particularly nursing school, it's a lot. That's probably the most uh, difficult challenge within nursing school is the schedule, the workload, and things like that. You don't have a lot of time. You really have to prioritize your time and make sure you're on point. That's probably the hardest part. But there was a time when I was starting out, and because and, I've only, I've really only been pursuing the call of God and taking the call of God, I would say serious since I was 18, since I was uh, since I graduated high school. So I'm only, we'll say four years in, so I'm still young. Obviously, I'm only 21. But there was a time that I felt bad, and I would be like, Joseph, man, like I feel bad getting my bachelor's. I feel bad going to nursing school because I'm not going to be able to give as much time as I would like to. I'm going to be busy. It's going to take away. But he did tell me. He was like, bro, your ministry and your work, like not every minister is going to be, let's say, on staff, getting paid the figure that they, whatever figure it is that they would like to get. Some of them have to work, and that is part of their ministry, and particularly nursing, which I'm blessed. I love it. When I'm in the hospital, that's part of my ministry. There's been times where I've literally had two-hour hour conversations with patients because, you know, I sneak away sometimes in clinical, but I have hour-long conversations with patients, and They've told me, and this isn't me bragging on myself or anything, but they're like, thank you. We really needed, we needed that. Like, you don't, you don't have no idea how much we needed that. And you see people in a different vulnerable state than you would normally. Because some people are at their lowest point. Their, their health is dropping rapidly. You know, they have no hope. They have no faith in anything. But if you can be the light in that, then that's awesome. But obviously not everyone's in healthcare. Not everyone is in the medical field. But there is a work that still needs to be done within your job, no matter what that is. Whether Joseph's is plumbing, I know for a fact he comes in contact with either um, other workers that are working around him or 
people that are on the job, just et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so um, for me, I would say it was kind of like I, like I shared already, it was just kind of a, a culture shock. Uh, coming into ministry, I had every opportunity, every advantage at my disposal. Um, my dad was a preacher. He was well-connected. Uh, he made all the connections for me. Uh, I had an uncle that was connected. So I, I kind of didn't have the same path as many. I, I, I had a lot of doors open for me. But even with that, and this is the thing, it doesn't matter if you're connected or not connected. Even with those connections or with those doors being open for you, you still have to be prepared. Because here's 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 where I, I wish I could have gone back. And I don't necessarily regret it because I'm thankful that God, you know, orchestrated everything the way he did in my life. And I am where I am today because of the hand of God. However, if there are some advices that I could give a young minister today, and I do, I tell Brother Matthew this all the time. Hey, me. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that subject. <laughs> no, Brother Matthew is one of the many. There's a lot of young men that, that God has been um, giving me the privilege to invest in and see um, see their success in ministry. However, for like I was saying earlier, um, for me, some of the things that I, I, I tell young men is, you know, take advantage of, of where you are and what you're doing. You're not where you are and what you're doing because you're trying to make a lot of money. Again, we're talking priorities here. Your your commitment is is based on your priority, right? So priority number one is to take care of your obligations. Um, how do I do that? I need to find a job that is going to allow me to make enough to take care of what I need. And that job is just a means to an end, right? Now, if I'm choosing a career... Um, this is this is where it kind of gets uh, testy because I got into the industry that I'm in now, which is plumbing. I got into it because of a need. I I didn't have um, there was really not a lot of jobs that would give me an opportunity. I would drop out of high school. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience in sales or retail or you know I tried the fast food chain for a little bit and it didn't work. It lasted like all of two weeks. But there was a brother in the church that said, hey, I have a small plumbing business. Would you want to learn how to do plumbing? And I despised it at the beginning. And absolutely, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I I wasn't in love with it. But I knew that if I learned enough of it that I could make decent change and I could take care of all of my needs. And so for the last 10 years, (laughs) that's what I've been doing. And I've worked for many companies and um and God has uh, allowed me to to be a blessing through plumbing. I mean, think about that. Through plumbing, I've been a blessing. How does that happen? Well, I remember when I first started to travel and preach. Um, the first place I ended up, I was I was I left. Um, I I had left North Carolina, and I was in Houston, Texas. And I got to Houston, and I was staying at my sister's house because she lived in Houston. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the church and pray. There was a church there that I grew up in. And uh, Pastor uh, Wayne Monday was the assistant pastor. Pastor John Hopkins was the lead pastor. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go ask him if I could, if I can go to the church and pray. So I, I went to the church, went to the church office. And I said, hey, I'm a traveling evangelist. I just wonder, I was just wondering if I could use your sanctuary to pray. Um, 
and sister Valerie, the secretary was like, yeah, that's, that's not a problem. Just, um, you know, if it's not locked, come back here and get the key. So I go to the front and, uh, and the door was locked. So I come back to the office and I said, the door was locked. Well, brother Monday walked in at that time. And our brother Monday was the assistant pastor. Okay. But brother Monday looked like he had just been, he had tore a house down, right? He looked like he was in the middle of a demolition project. And I could tell cause he was just like sweaty had dirt, dust all the over dust. him. He was just, you the know, looked like dust. he had just been working. And he's like, hey, Brother Joseph, say, hey, Brother Monday. He goes, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, tr- passing through, and I, I was just going to stop here and pray. He goes, oh, okay. He said, yeah, bro. He goes, you know, help, here's the key. Help yourself in, and, and and you know, just whenever you leave, make sure you bring the key back. And I thought, oh, thanks, cool. So I went into the sanctuary to pray. Now, mind you, I had been doing plumbing on and off, and, um, so I had work clothes in my car, my vehicle, ready to go, ready to go. <laughs> and, uh, it just so happened that I left my work boots in there and my work clothes in there. Cause I, again, I, you know, sometimes I would get up and go, they would call me to go here or there. And so I was just kind of ready to leave at whatever minute of the day. <laughs> so I was, I went to back to the sanctuary to pray. And as I was praying, it wasn't something like, well, the Holy Ghost told me. No, it was, God spoke. <laughs> I, I felt so bad that I'm in the sanctuary praying and the assistant pastor's back there working on God knows what and probably needs help. And I could help, but I'm wanting to pray, you know? And I thought, well, you know what? I, I want to pray, but I also want to be a blessing. So I went to my car, grabbed my clothes and put, put them on and then went back to the office and I said, hey, Brother Monday, how can I help you? You look like you need help. How can I help you? Brother Monday's like, man, wow. You know, yeah, I definitely need help. But he said, um, you know what, Joseph, honestly, what I really need, I need a plumber. And he said, what do you, what do you do for a living? Plumbing. <laughs> I was like, brother Monday, you're not going to believe this. I'm, I'm a plumber by trade. And I was just an apprentice at the time, but I knew enough to get myself in trouble. And he said, well, I need these water lines moved. I need this drain line moved. We're adding a, a sink on the other side of pastor's office. And he said, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you think you could handle it? And he and, was trying to do it all by himself? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, I can absolutely handle it. So I went back there and, and I plumbed in. Uh, you know, I, I re- basically uh, helped remodel their bathroom. I only did the plumbing end of it, but still helped do the, the remodel on, on pastor's office there. And that initiated a relationship with them and that church. And and so, but through that, I was a blessing. Yeah. And also that comes with being genuine too. Because like, for instance, anyone could just go and then not even have the thought, man, like this pastor needs help just to go plumb. Well, here's, here's my point with all that. I'm not trying to say, oh, look how great I am. My point with that is this. Um, if you're in a specific trade, you know, and maybe you despise it, maybe you don't like doing it, or maybe you're in a career path that you're like, well, I know this could be, you know, something I could do, but I really don't want to. This is where commitment really comes into play. Mm. What is your priority? Again, it's ministry. Absolutely. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. So your job or whatever you're in, it's just a means to an end. It's not ends meet. This is something someone taught me a long time ago. It's not ends meet. It's only a means to an end. And so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's based off of experience. I, I tell this to a lot of young guys, you, you don't go work for money. You go work for experience. 
And I had a supervisor, a sec- this is a, at a secular job, the supervisor, I was going through this course and it was kind of in, in the midst of my plumbing career and I was trying to move up and, you know, all that good stuff and trying to get a promotion. And so we would take all these training courses and, um, he was, they were teaching us, uh, uh, about, and I'm not going to get into the whole specifics of it, but anyways, it was about hydronics and these heavy equipment machines that run these steam lines. And Sounds complicated. <laughs> it, it really is not. It sounds, but it's not. So, anyways, he was. We, we were taking this class, and he. The first thing he said right off the bat, he said, "Joseph, no one is going to pay you for what you're able to do. No one will really pay." When you're talking about decent wages, when someone pays decent wages, they're they're not paying for what you're able to do or capable of doing. They're paying you for what you know. And he's like, so don't go out there trying to do everything. He said, go out there and learn as much as you can that's in good. any trade or any uh, field that you're in. Yeah, that's because, very universal. That's a universal. Yeah, so because at the end of the day, when you get – and this is an old man telling me this. He goes, when you get my age and you want to be this supervisor, this, he's like, they don't pay me because I can run 150 feet of pipe in an hour. They pay me because I know how to run 150 feet in an hour. They pay me because I know how to run these steam lines and these these uh you know uh these put these systems together and put these pumps together and and I can work on and so his whole theory was you know learn as much as you can gain as much experience as you can because experience and knowledge is going to open doors for you and and I remember my father-in-law one time and I'm just sharing stories now but I remember my father-in-law I came home one day and I was working for somebody um, and and it was just kind of one of those things where it wasn't working out. I was upset because I wasn't getting paid enough, but I was working in my tail off. We were working like 60 hours a week. And um, my father-in-law was like, hey, look, he said, don't go chasing the money. He's like, the money will come. He said, just master your craft. Master your craft. And once you... Once you master that craft, he said, then you'll start seeing you'll get offers and opportunities that you wouldn't have got before. But if you start chasing the money, what he meant by that was like, don't leave this job because that job's offering you a dollar more. You know, it's like, yeah, you can go make a dollar more somewhere else. But why are you leaving this company to go to that company? Is it because they're offering more benefits or is it because you can make more money? And so sometimes making more money is not necessarily the answer to your problem. It's if where you are is not a place where you can grow and learn and you're not gaining the uh, experience that you need, then yeah, go look for that other job. But if where you are, maybe where you are, you're just like, man, I'm not, I'm just not making, I'm making decent wages, but I'm not making that killer money that's going to allow me to buy that Tesla and live in that (laughs) two-story $300,000 home that I can't afford you know, and have what my parents have before they had it when they have it, you know. And it's like, no, if if where you are, you can afford to live by that and you can afford to make that sacrifice because you're you're doing it not for the money. You're doing it for the experience and the knowledge. And, you know, I tell guys all the time, you need to carry a little notebook and a pen. If you're in a trade and you need to ask a thousand questions in the trade you're in, why are you doing that? Why are you? And I was an I was an annoying person when I was in the trade. I'm still probably annoying, but when I was in the trades, bro, the guys I worked for, they hated me and they loved me. 
because it was one of those things where I would be like, why are you running it like that? Or why are you doing that? Or, or <laughs> how come this is this way? Or how come you didn't do it this way? Yeah. And then I would get those answers. And But those questions and those answers prepared me for where I am today. Yeah. Because I can walk into a job and now the guys that work for me, they get they get stumped on a problem and I walk in and I'm like, okay, guys, this is way too easy. We're overthinking it. This is what we're going to do, X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden these guys start, and they're like, oh, wow, we never thought of that, you know? Yeah. And uh, and it's a, it's a funny phrase, but it's a true phrase. And we joke around and say that's why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> but it's true. If you want to get paid the big bucks, you got to know how to do those things. Again, we're still talking about ministry. We're still talking about commitment because now this oper- th- that knowledge, that experience has afforded me the opportunity to, to start and operate my own business. And that has given me the flexibility to invest more time into the ministry, which I am committed to now, which is PIA. And and we, we give to PIA more than we've ever given time-wise, energy, financially, and we're able to do more, but it wasn't because, you know, and, and a lot of people have this thought that, well, one, one day I'm going to end up in the in, in, in a ministry where it's going to be a part of a successful church and that yeah. church is going to pour into me and yeah, they're going to yeah. give me all the resources that I need and they're going to, you know, no, it doesn't doesn't necessarily work like that. Yeah, and you've told me that too. Joseph has told me he's like, Brother Matthew, he said, nursing because I, again, this goes back to me feeling guilty about going to nursing. He was saying nursing, which it is, it's such a good career path. Um, I'm not just in that because I'm going into it, but good job availability, um, job, uh, I'm sorry, I can't talk, job longevity, and just the whole nine yards. But he was like, you could go anywhere with that. If I wanted to move to Connecticut, I don't know, it's a random place, but I could do it because – the career that I have, thanks to God, is a good career that I can follow, that I can pursue. Absolutely. And that could afford me the opportunity to go somewhere. Maybe they might, they might not be able to pay me at all. Yeah, and, and you that's can okay. go there and, and not have to. And this is, look, I talk to a lot of different pastors about this. And so this is not something that, oh, Joseph's making this up as he goes. This is advice that was given to me. This is all we're doing here. It's conveying what was conveyed to us and just reiterating really the principles that were instilled in us. So I remember a pastor telling me, he's like, Joseph, your generation, if you do it the right way, you're never going to have to go to sleep at night worried about how am I going to make ends meet. He's, he said, our generation went to bed at night. We weren't we weren't going to bed depressed and anguished because of the souls. Um, we were depressed and anguished because we didn't know if we could pay the light bill, yeah. if we could if we could pay the church mortgage, mm-hmm. if we could if we could finance whatever movement or ministry we were trying to finance. He said that was the stress that was put on us because we were not prepared. They taught the generation before us go 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 go. Absolutely. And there was no resources for them to go with, but yet they had this mindset of like, well, God's going to open the door and God's going to make a way. Yes, absolutely. God opens the door and makes a way. But he also honors a plan. Exactly. Brother, Pastor Nate, going back to the goat. It <laughs> <laughs> always goes back. He, he, he put up the other day, and I don't I don't know if you remember what it was, but he's like, the, this, 
the spirit of God isn't just like, hey, let's wing it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just wing it. Let's just go out on our own. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. It's no, God honors planning and preparation. Absolutely. Part of that planning and preparation is, okay, and you have to talk to God. This is this is why it's important to have a relationship with God because maybe the field you're in isn't where you need to be. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you that. You're not going to find that out in a podcast or some conference or some, you know, leadership seminar. That's between you and God. <laughs> God will show you and God will open the door for you. Absolutely. And God will be like, hey, look, when you least expect it, he'll put you in a field that you didn't know you need to be in. And that field right now, it may be nothing. But if you grind and work that field, I'm preaching a message here. You grind and work that field, that could very well be what's going to finance your greatest ministry. Absolutely. And it's funny because we're talking about this, and it's not because we don't know. It's because, like, I'm living through this right now. Because me in high school, whenever I was like, because everyone's like, oh, you know, like, what's your calling? What are you going to do in your life? This, this, and that. And you stress and you worry about it as a young person. But for me, I was like, you know what? God will honor my plan. I'm being serious. Yes. I told my <clears throat> I told my parents this. I was like, God's going to honor my plan. I was like, even if I'm not a nurse in 10, 15, 20 years, this is going to help boost me in my life. It's a good, it's a smart choice. It's a good choice. It's not pulling me from away from the will of God, from the call of God. I'm still going to be able to obviously be faithful to church, do all the things that I need to do. 100%. But... This job or this career that I'm going to be graduating with is going to be a good thing. Yeah, it's an honorable thing that you're doing. Um, and again, you know, you have to do it in, in Brother Matthew does. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But in general, in g- generally speaking, you have to do it in humility. And, you know, I don't again, I'm very hesitant to talk about what I do for a living, how I and, and what I have. Um, God has blessed me. And I'm not necessarily there. I'm not saying, well, I've made it. I've reached success. I've reached the pinnacle. That's not what I'm trying to convey. I'm just saying where I'm at is where I need to be because I prepared to be where I'm at, because I planned to be where I, you know, at first I didn't think, well, this career, this, this trade, this industry is going to do any, do me any good. I tried to get out of it several times. I was trying to get into being a medical interpreter, I tried. I even went to school. I went back to college. I, I went else. to, yeah, I did a semester <laughs> at Mississippi, um, uh, you know, a community college, and and it just didn't it didn't pan out because I, I, my passion wasn't in it, and, and and then it just kind of dawned on me, or rather, God revealed this to me, which was, hey, Joseph, look, keep doing what you're doing, keep keep grinding, keep working that field, keep. It was almost as if God looked at me and said, I, I see your hustle. I see your grind. I see you play it. <laughs> you know, I, I see what you're doing, and yeah. I'm going to honor that. Yeah, You absolutely. just keep working hard. Because, and Matthew, Brother Matthew knows, when we started this ministry over three years ago, I was, I, at though, over three years ago, I was nowhere near where I am today as far as, you know, opportunities that I have um, and the business that I have. I was working days and nights. I was killing myself. I would come into not to playing. PIA sometimes just still in work clothes, and I would have to like change into church clothes. He's not joking. To to do prayer meetings, and 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 I would sometimes I would even have to leave early to go straight back to work. And 
man, there was just so many things that, that were going on at the time. And I thought, God, I just want to, I want to be done with plumbing. I want to be done with this. I want to do something. I want to, I, I was even contemplating working at the school or, or working for the church and hoping yeah. that the church would hire me or, because those, those are real thoughts as a young yeah, minister. Absolutely. You're like, man, I hope I get a youth pastor position or I hope I go over here and the door opens for me to do this. And then God just said, Hey, listen, slow down, slow down, slow down. Do what you're doing well. Yeah. Do it with excellence. Do it to the best of your ability and and watch me open the doors and watch me help you. I have a plan. This is going to this is going to and I didn't see it 3 years ago. If you would have told me what, that you'd that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, <laughs> I would be like, "Nah, I don't see it. Yeah, not doing crazy. this, not through plumbing." No. Nah. But look at how God has has yeah. worked it all out. And so we're coming to an end. I'm going to let brother Matthew wrap it up. So go ahead. Moral of the story is be a worker. And this is something actually I'm over. I do a lot of work here with the middle school at first episode of the church, the P1 Andy middle school facts. And Elijah, when the call of Elisha came, he was in the field working. He wasn't sitting. He wasn't just relaxing, chilling out on the beach. I'm, I know we all go on vacation. That's not what I'm saying, but he was working. He was plowing the field and he was doing what he needed to do at that time. And your opportunity will come if you keep doing what you're supposed to do and do it well with excellence. Bishop McCool always says, enjoy the process. So enjoy the process. Yes, sir. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that. Like and share. Leave a review, guys. If you're tuning in, you're listening to this and you're listening to it all the way through. I don't know how many of you actually listen to the whole thing, but I know that there's some. We have some faithful listeners. And uh, we're not trying to reach the masses. You know, we want to reach those that that this is this content is helpful and beneficial and it's a blessing. And if it is, leave a review, guys, because there's other people out there that need it and we want to help them reach it. Absolutely.